The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I... Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers who are in the house and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. We use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but to see who's on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown. I'm not coming to you live this morning. We are pre-recording the show uh, due to the time uh, that we've set aside for our guest. But I am still coming from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at SignsOfLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the Word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, and you scroll down right on the right side of the page, you'll see there's two videos here. Mine is the bottom one. That will be streaming live. You'll, If you go over there now, it'll be live. You can click on that. You can enlarge it. You can see the face is made for radio right here. And you can also join us in our chat. If you just click on the platform, you'll be able to join us in chat if you'd like to do so. Also, don't miss Bradley at 3 p.m. His video is right above mine. That will go live. You can check out his previous day's show there as well. And then if you scroll up just a little bit, there's a place where you can subscribe to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. This is very helpful for many of you because you say, where is this archive that you talk about? Because I talk about archiving the show, the video, the uh, podcast, and anything that we mention, documents, websites, any of that stuff. We put in sort of an article format so you can go and do your own homework on the things that we're going to present. That comes in the email each night. We don't rent your email out. We don't spam it. We don't sell it to anybody. You get one email a day from us with all the articles we have up on sonsoflibertymedia.com. And that's me, Bradley, and the contributors we have there. Also, if you agree with our message and you would like to support us, we let you know we have needs. We don't have our hand out for money. We're going to do what we're going to do. And uh, if you want to help meet those needs and you're able to do so, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can also partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty. This is um, a monthly you know, fee, or not a fee, but a donation that you want to make according to how you can do so. And if you'd like to do that, that link is also become a son or daughter of liberty at sonsoflibertymedia.com. And finally, another way to support us is our store. We have products in there, not only to help equip you, but good conversation starters with people, t-shirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles, all that good stuff. And all of it helps to support the Sons of Liberty, and all that we do, not just here on the radio, not just on the internet, but even as we go out throughout the country and the states, reminding people of our Christian constitutional heritage 
uh, because, you know, the first step, God says that the people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The first step in actually acting is to actually know what you're acting for and acting against. And so that's what we're here to do. We're here to make talk radio do radio. So with that said, I've got a guest this morning, and uh, we've been trying to get uh, Dr. Tim Penny on for a number of months, and she is completely booked up, and everybody knows why, especially with uh, this COVID stuff and the vaccines and everything else, and we're delighted that she's on this morning. And so what I want to do is just give a, a bit of a proper introduction here for uh, Dr. Tim Penny. Uh, she is an osteopath, osteopathic medical doctor, board certified in three medical specialties, widely regarded as the most knowledgeable and outspoken physician on the adverse impact that vaccines can have on health. Dr. Tim Penny has been a guest on hundreds of radio and national television programs, including the Dr. Oz Show and Today's Show Australia. She's lectured at Cleveland State University and Case Western Reserve Medical School and has been a speaker at conventions both nationally and internationally as a recognized expert on a wide range of topics within the field of integrative medicine, including breast health, breast thermography, women's hormones, medical uses of iodine, and the adverse effects vaccines have on health. And with that, uh, I want to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Good to have you. Well, good morning. And wow, what a rocking introduction. I just love that. <laughs> that was so good. And the music, the introduction, I really like that you're a heretic. That's just great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, some somebody's got to get you pumped up because you were tired like I like I am. And uh, so I, I'm glad that uh, that you're stimulated by that. That's really good. Now, Dr. Timpenny, one of the things is I got to know who you are because we have Kate Shimrani from the UK on every week. She's our health and wellness expert and uh, in God's providence. Uh, she came to us immediately after being let go from that radio station that will not be named over there in the UK. And we're delighted to have her every week. Uh, and now Dr. Corbett's coming on as well. But she said, you got to hear, you got to get Dr. Sherry Timpenny on. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know these people. Can you give me contacts and stuff? So she sent me a couple of videos, a couple of interviews. We put some articles out that uh, where you have been interviewed. And so I said, wow, yeah, we got to get this lady on. So we tried to do this back in August, I think. I think you were booked out two or three months. We got in the holidays and things, and I forgot. So we, we got you on today. And you're being inundated with a lot of questions regarding the vaccines. This is one of your places of expertise. What do you think is the biggest issue that people, the hurdle that people need to get over to understand this vaccine issue of what's coming out right now? Well, that's a great question, and thanks for asking that. Yes, my background really is that I've spent the last 20 and a half years and more than 40,000 hours of my life investigating problems associated with vaccination and vaccines. I've written a couple of books. I've written dozens and dozens of articles. And yes, I've had literally a thousand or so radio podcast um, interviews um, over the course of the last 20 years. And just to put that in context for you, um, in the, since January of 2020, I've done well over 400 interviews and I usually do about 30 a year. So that's why my schedule's so crammed. Sometimes I'm doing six and seven interviews in one day. And I wow. do that because of God's providence, because it's the, it's the, it's the mission that he's given Amen. me to do. And everything that I do is based on, in this sector on vaccines is based on the principle of the parable of the sower. So if you, for those that may not know what the parable of the sower is, it's really boiled down to one simple thing. You sow, this farmer sows seeds, 
Some seeds fall on rocky soil and the birds pick it away. Some seeds fall and start to grow, but get scorched by the sun. Some seeds start to grow, but they don't have enough depth and enough roots. And so they get choked out by the weeds. But some seeds fall onto onto good soil and grow up and bear fruit 30, 50, or 100 times. So the moral of that parable is that only 25% of the seeds you put out there are going to land on good soil. And you never know which seed, which little factoid that you say is the most important. You never know where the good soil is because, Tim, I'm talking to you and it may be somebody standing over there that really needs to hear the message. And it's absolutely not my responsibility to make them sprout. And it's one of the reasons I've been able to stay in this sector without being angry or frustrated or just give up because so many people are still rolling up their sleeves is that it's God's providence. It's the Holy Spirit's job to take that seed and make it grow. And it may be days, weeks, months, or years later after you've heard the problems of what vaccines can do to you before you actually take action on it and start to learn something about it. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm glad to hear you speaking like that because that is what we're about. We, we go to the scriptures. That is our that is our foundation. We use the Constitution in dealing with our corrupt politicians and things. But the scriptures are there for that. Now, when you when you talk about this, we've often mentioned Leviticus 17, 11. The Bible says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. And then over in Leviticus 19, we're told we're not to mix. We're taught not to mix certain things, seeds and, and fabrics and all these kinds of things. And it seems to me, Dr. Tim Penny, that one of the things that the vaccines do is they're introducing into the body, in many cases, many things that we're not supposed to be putting in our, we would normally not put in our body anyway. Um, but especially this stuff that's coming out now, we have the messenger RNA vaccines. What are the, what is different between them and say the vaccines that have been uh, not, that are not mRNA and even the vaccines that came before them, you know, hundreds of years ago, what would be the difference in all these things? Ooh, that's a, you know, we don't have like four hours. Can we, can we rearrange that and make that all come together? Because boy, that's a, that was a mouthful question that you Sorry about that. <laughs> but there's two important elements on that. The first one is about not mixing things. And, you know, the good news, one of the good news about this whole COVID nonsense of people sitting down and being glued to their television is that for the first time, everybody's aware of this vaccine, what's coming down the pike which it's taken me 20 years of, of constantly talking and reading and writing and speaking and all these things to, um, to move the needle like one inch to get people to just ask what's coming through that needle. And what's coming through that needle in those childhood vaccines is just ghastly. And nobody really recognizes that or pays attention to it. For example, almost all of the viral vaccines are grown in a culture that have cow, fetal, fetal cow serum in it. So that's blood from baby cows. It's the ultimate horrible sacrifice. And if you drill down into what, how they actually harvest that fetal bovine serum to put into the vaccines, it's horrifying. And I wrote a whole article about that on my website. We can talk about that later. But if you go to Vaxter.com, it's V-A-X-X-T-E-R.com, which is my site, and you put in disgusting things in the site, if you put down in the search, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page on the right-hand side, there's a search. And if you put into the search, disgusting things, I wrote a a series of articles, I think there's four or five of them, on the disgusting things in vaccines. And one of them is bovine cow serum. One of them is chicken parts. One of them is disgusting things that come out of the eggs and the the known, um, and the actual known, 
um, <clears throat> stray viruses that are in the in the eggs that can lead to cancer. So, I mean, there's incredibly disgusting things that should never be mixed into the human body. And that's why I refer to vaccines as foreign matter. We're injecting foreign matter into our children and somehow thinking that's going to make them better. Now, if that wasn't disgusting enough to learn that this disgusting fetal bovine serum and mashed up chicken parts and foreign stray viruses that can turn on cancer genes, if that isn't disgusting enough, and the fact that children now get multiple doses of 16 or 17 vaccines, depending on how you count them, by the time they're 18 years of age, if that wasn't disgusting enough, these new shots, these COVID shots, all three of them that have been approved for here in the U.S. are probably as dis- maybe less disgusting, but a lot more despicable because the messenger RNA, if you think about injecting the messenger RNA, that's a, it's, a, it's a piece of genetic material that's been encoded to make a protein. So a simple way to explain that is that they're injecting a little piece of genetic material that has a recipe on it. And the recipe has to be translated. So you take that recipe and you take it over to the translation factory called the ribosomes, which are some cellular genetic uh, that that translate that recipe. So the messenger RNA takes the recipe over to the ribosomes, the ribosomes translate it. And what comes out at the end of the factory is a foreign protein called the spike protein. Now that spike protein is supposed to match the spike protein on the surface of the coronaviruses. Both the, vi- the, the um, endemic virus, uh, coronaviruses, which there are about seven that are known to infect humans, and also this created one and genetically modified coronavirus called SARS-CoV-2. That protein is supposed to match. But that protein can do one of three things once it's been introduced into your body. The one thing that it can do is it can go out into your bloodstream and it can attach to the surface of all of your different body organs, which which creates something called a haptin. That haptin then makes your organs more susceptible to an, an additional viral infection and or autoimmune disease as the antibody goes and attacks it. The second thing that 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 protein can do that your ribosomes have manufactured is that through a process called transfection, it can actually be incorporated back into your own DNA and change it. So when the pro-vaccine people say that messenger RNA doesn't change your DNA, it just doesn't, those people are crazy. Well, on that point, they're correct. The messenger RNA does not directly change your DNA. The messenger RNA's recipe needs to create a protein and that protein through a process called transfection can go in and attach your own cellular DNA permanently and irreversibly change it. So can I, can I ask a question? Can I ask a question? Can you hold on to that for a second? Sure. Uh, When you're saying, so when, when you have these people who say these vaccines don't alter your DNA, even though we've had uh, the guy from Moderna, on video basically saying we can hack your your system we can hack your dna and basically make alterations when when they say that it's not doing that technically they're right but it's all of the ramifications that come after the vaccine's been applied is would would that be a right understanding that's a pretty good understanding okay Okay. now that's just in the so yes that's a good understanding of the pfizer and the moderna shot now the j and j shot affects your dna directly. 
directly oh, wow. does it and transforms your DNA directly because what gets injected in the J and J shot is an actual piece of DNA that can get randomly inserted into your own set of chromosomes, making them unstable, disrupting them, potentially turning on oncogenes, which cause cancer and turning off tumor suppressor genes, which, which prevent you from getting cancer. There's an assumption that that piece of DNA goes into the cell and either into the DNA or floats around out in the cellular fluid called the cytosol and then gets transformed into a messenger RNA, which then creates a protein, which is where we are with the other two. And so, and it's all an assumption. Nobody knows that for sure. I mean, and what they are injecting in the J&J shot is 50 billion, with a B, 50 billion genetic particles. You know, in a normal shot, if you're getting injected, let's say with a flu shot or a measles shot, they estimate there's about 2 million viral particles. Well, with these shots, they're injecting 50 billion particles. This is now, incredible. some of that is because it's so unstable and it breaks down pretty quickly, but it increases the possibility of this going directly into your genes. So let me just finish this little piece and then you can ask whatever questions you want. So all three, the, the goal of all three of those shots, the goal of all three of them is to create this um, spike protein, which then, like I said, in, in the Moderna and the Pfizer shot, it can either attach to your organs go into your, your cellular DNA, or it's now floating around in your bloodstream and your body goes, what's that, what's that thing? You know, we, we didn't need that thing in here. We, you know, so your body's always looking for the invasion of foreign proteins. So when it comes, they go, what's that doing here? Let's get rid of that. So this whole process starts to develop an antibody to glob onto that spike protein in order for it to, uh, to be neutralized. The problem is, is that the antibodies that are created don't bind like super glue. They bind sort of loosely. And, and because of that, they make an incomplete type of antibody that can unleash from the protein and go float around in your system. And studies have now shown, there was a good study, really well done study that came out of California, probably the middle of January, that they took, um, they took tissue types and they come in little liquids. This is just part of laboratory experiments. And they took all of these cells and they put them in these little in these little containers. Then they dropped the antibody on each one of those little containers called wells. And what they found was that the antibody that's made against the protein, the spike protein, instead of that antibody protecting you and keeping you from getting sick, what that antibody can do is it can actually directly attack 28 different tissues in your body and start rampant autoimmune disease. And where that becomes the most rampant is when you get re-exposed to a garden variety coronavirus, or when I think this is really going to ramp up is in the fall when they start pushing heavily the flu shot. So we're supposed to get this shot that's supposed to create an antibody that's supposed to keep us from getting sick from a virus that has a 1% death rate. But yet what can happen is that antibody can attack up to 28 different organ systems in your body, cause rampant autoimmune disease and kill you or chronic, indolating, slow burn autoimmune disease that you have the rest of your life. That's incredible that this stuff is allowed to go on. And we're, I'm going to I'm going to bring that up in just a moment as to uh, the, the, the law 
and and because you've made statements about the violations of law in the production of these of these vaccines. Now you mentioned Pfizer, and Moderna. You also mentioned uh, the new Johnson and Johnson, which they've started their own death list now. We I just reported yesterday a 25 year old woman and a 32 year old man uh, both died. I think within 24 hours of getting the J and J injections, and so. We've got the AstraZeneca, um, which I think South Africa has pretty much said no to because they weren't seeing any any production of it. But we've got tons of reports that is causing all kinds of blood clot uh, issues. And that one actually contains um, human baby tissue. And you didn't mention that one. Do, do you want to touch on the, the AstraZeneca one for a bit? Yeah, I, did, I didn't. I haven't spent quite as much time into the AstraZeneca one as I have in the other three, because thankfully the AstraZeneca shot wasn't approved for as of yet in the U.S. And I know you've got an international audience and so do I. And I and I that's the next thing on my list to sort of drill down into. But the and the I can't even believe that the AstraZeneca shot was actually approved because you know AstraZeneca partnered with Oxford University in England to do these initial studies and they did them on on, on macaw monkeys and they use and the AstraZeneca um, shot is very similar to the J and J shot in that they use an adenovirus shell. So if you think about um, just like an eggshell, so an adenovirus, they have a shell and then they suck out all the egg or all the genetic material of the, of the adenovirus from the inside of it. And then they put that little piece of DNA back in it. The AstraZeneca adenoviruses are chimpanzee adenoviruses that they say have been modified that they don't cause disease in humans. Hmm. Interesting. How much have they studied that since there's no long-term studies? But that's another, that's another, that's a little aside. But, and in order for a virus to grow, it ha- in, in have enough virus to, in order to make massive amounts of shots, viruses have to replicate in living tissues. And so the living tissues that they have used in the AstraZeneca shot um, is, is called HEK cells, which those are cells, kidney cells from an aborted fetus that they don't really know the origin, the origin of that but they know that it's come from kidney cells of an aborted fetus some time ago. The J&J shot, actually the, that virus has to be replicated in, again in tissues, and they've used something called PERSI-6 cells, P-E-R dot, P-E-R dot C6, PERSI-6 cells. And those cells come from a, um, a retinal tissue of an aborted fetal tissue. And they've been trying to bring that um, that type of tissue to market inside of vaccines for a long time, but it never really did very well. But now that now they're starting to use it though, in the J and J shot. So the AstraZeneca shot, when they first did the original trials in, in, um, in Oxford, England, they injected it into these macaws, all the, all the monkeys, all the monkeys got sick. All of them, all of them got sick. They either contracted coronavirus illness or they got autoimmune disease, which is very similar to all of the studies that have been done for coronavirus vaccines all the way back to 2005, that when they tried to bring a coronavirus vaccine to market, they would give the the coronavirus vaccine to the animals. And it might be a mice, a rat, a hamster, a ferret, um, a rabbit, or a monkey. So they inject the, uh, these animals with the, the newly formed vaccine. They get a super high antibody response. And the researchers go, yeah, that's exactly what we're looking for. So 
making the assumption that the high antibody response is what keeps you from getting sick, they re-expose the animals to garden variety coronavirus, meaning there's at least four strains of coronavirus that cause people to get colds and flus every single year. So they re-exposed them to those coronaviruses. And what happened was that all of the animals got accelerated autoimmune disease through a process called ADE, antibody, uh, antibody dependent enhancement. The antibodies in their body went wild, started attacking their organ systems, and they all died. So from 19, from 2002, when we had SARS forward, the F, they, pro vaccine, uh, the pro-vaccine people and vaccine manufacturing companies have been trying to develop a coronavirus vaccine all this time because a lot of people get sick every year with coronavirus illness, which looks exactly like the flu. So from their perspective, there's a lot of illness out there. Let's try to make a vaccine to prevent it. It never happened because all the animals, all the animals in the studies got either really sick or died. And the FDA said, mm, you haven't proved safety with this and you absolutely haven't proved efficacy. It doesn't keep any of the animals from getting sick. So no, sorry, we can't let you go to human trials with that. You know, fast forward to 2020, they're now covered under the umbrella of the 2005 PrEP Act, which is the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act from 2005 which gives the manufacturers and the man, all the manufacturers of anything that's, that's developed underneath this quote-unquote emergency, complete liability protection. You cannot sue anybody. And the things that fall underneath the umbrella of that are drugs, IV products, vaccines, software, hardware, all those PCR testing kits, any of the new drugs of the more than 500 new drugs that are coming down the pipeline under this emergency order to treat the flu or to treat the side effects of these shots, all protected by 100% liability protection. You cannot sue them. They have no liability. They can put anything in the shot they want because these are not FDA approved products. They don't even technically have to list everything that's in them. All they have to do is, is, is submit something enough to get their emergency use authorization from the FDA. It's not, it's not FDA approved. It's totally experimental, never done before in human beings. The animal studies not only did not prove safety, did not prove efficacy, the animals got sick or died. And we have no long-term studies at all. We have no idea after you've injected this foreign matter into your body, what's going to happen to your health to your fertility, to your brain, to all of these things, you know, four months, six months, five years down the road, no idea in the world. And to me, that's, that's all I need would need to hear, Tim, is like, what do you mean there's no liability? What do you mean they haven't studied this? What do you mean they tried to do this before and all the animals died? Why are people running to the head of the line to be injected with experimental, they are the experiment. And now j and is talking about wanting to start doing experiments on children. And people are lining up their kids just to hand them over to Moloch and yeah. hand them over to the pharmacia. Yes. You know, it's, it's, yep. it's shocking to me. Well, th- we brought that up before. You, you mentioned the pharmacia, Revelation 18, uh, th- uh, 23, and the issue where the nations get deceived by their sorceries or their pharmacia. And you mentioned the, the kids. They're lining them up at six months old to be the guinea pig. And I don't know what parent would just go do that. That it doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, when you talk about immunity, now there's been some immunity in certain laws that are written. I can I can I, I believe all of them are unlawful. 
because nothing in the Constitution under Article 1, Section 8 gives Congress power to write such a law to give to blanket immunity corporations or persons or any of this that just doesn't give them any of that. And so when that's done, then we have an, another issue of an injustice that's done. And so people can't get justice. There are, you know, if you, if you go to court to sue them, you're having to spend a bunch of money anyway. But, but now, yeah, now you're told you can't sue them. That's like me. That's like, um, but, but if I come on and I say, I have a cure for this, you know, I got a cure that works 100% of the time because everybody I've tried it on without any studies and FDA and all, I, they can come get me, arrest me, throw me in jail for that. But people can manufacture these things, present them as, quote unquote, safe and effective when they're neither. Um, I, I don't know what your position is. I'm pretty sure I am because I, I saw you in the Ask the Expert video. But has there ever been a vaccine that is truly safe and effective? Never. Never. And I can say that with, with stand on that with absolute assurity and willing to go toe to toe with anybody that would care to debate because they've never proved safety. Um, you know, there was that, that, that leaked video that came out at the end of 2019 of a big World Health Organization meeting where all the big gurus from, you know, Gavi and UNICEF and World Health Organization and, and all these international things sitting around going, yeah, we, we, we really don't know if these things are safe. Maybe we should start doing some studies on that because parents are losing faith in vaccines. They're losing confidence in our religion. And even some of the doctors are starting to waffle a little bit. You know, maybe, maybe we should start doing some safety studies. And then they had this discussion about, well, you know, it's really hard to do safety studies because as you know, and to do anything long-term because, you know, somebody in that study is going to get sick or they're going to have some sort of a reaction. And as soon as they have that reaction, we have to stop the study and do all this evaluation to find out if the if it was caused by the vaccine or something else, and oh by the way, footnote, they always write it off as causing by something else. Always, they always find a way around yep. it. They just by a stroke of the pen, they delete that somebody died. Oh, it had nothing to do with the vaccine, as determined by the study investigators. It's so it's because I said so. Their death had nothing to do with the shot. And well, so these are all the big wigs sitting around going, yeah, we don't yeah. have we don't, we don't have any data on this. So maybe we should start now. My, I'm telling you, Tim, when I listen to that video. It was something that Dell Bigtree and Highwire put out. And I listened to the whole thing. It was quite long. My jaw was dropped. I said, you're just now going to start doing this with tens of billions and billions and billions of children all over the world injecting with foreign matter, never proved to be safe, doesn't keep you from getting sick because you can get the shot and still get the infection. We've paid out $4 billion in the U.S. alone to injury compensation claims, and they think that's less than 10% of injuries. And this whole thing needs to blow up and go away. All of it. All of it. I agree with you. And But what do we expect from an organization that's led by a, a communist guy who isn't even a medical doctor uh, getting funded by governments taking the people's money through taxation, giving it to, to people like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which he then invests, that's what he says, he invests it on a 20 to 1 return on vaccines. That's why he's he's pimping that stuff and pushing it out. So I'm not surprised that these guys are doing what they're doing. Would you say that this, but we've heard Bill Gates talk about if we do a good job on health care, reproductive you know, health care and, and vaccines, we can not increase the population, not increase the span of life, we'll decrease it. And do you believe that this is all a part of, I don't even like the term depopulation, but that's the, the common term. I like it as premeditated murder because that's what they're doing. Do you believe that this is a part of that? 
You know, it's, that's a great question. And the answer, and I'll answer it a little bit circuitously because we that have spent a lot of time on this topic have long said that they, that the main purpose of the vaccine program, particularly in children, is to develop customers for life. Because if you vaccinate 100 kids, in my opinion, all 100 of them have some of an adverse event. Now, it may not be anything overt that you see right away. It may take a while to develop, but maybe all you did was shave 10 or 15 IQ points off every single time they got a shot. Everyone is damaged by every single shot, whether it's overt or not. And that is to make customers for life. And many of us have talked or sat around and kind of quietly whispered to our like-minded friends, well, you know, at the end of the day, this really is about their eugenics depopulation agenda. And they speak openly about being stated Satanists. And, you know, Bill Gates's dad was, you know, one of the original funders of the, um, uh, of the um, abortion industry yep. and, and eugenics. So this is not, but it's always been sort of hush-hush and people never talked about that. But now it's open. Not only do people talk about it, it's the centerpiece of what they're doing. And they don't even they're not even quiet about it anymore. I mean, it's just pretty obvious that they are full court press. I mean, shots were not created to stop people from getting sick by this virus. Shots were not created in order to give you your freedom back. COVID was created as an opportunity to scare the world into being injected with foreign matter that's going to kill them. Amen. And when, and when Judy Mikovits first came out way back at the beginning of this, when she did the pandemic movie and started talking a lot about, she thought that 50 million people in America alone were going to die. Now, Judy and I have been friends for a long time. And, and keep in mind, Tim, there's a, there's a handful of us. There might be 20 or 25 of us that are the loud, vocal, on-the-stage people on this topic. And so we all work together. We all know each other really well. We're in committees together, et cetera. But when Judy first said that, I went, hmm, that seems a little high to me. I don't know. Where, where's she kind of getting that? And, and the whole idea about the coronaviruses and flu shots, I'd never really heard that before. So I did my own investigation, and not only do I think she's right, I think that number's low. I think that I think it's going to be more than fifty million, and not like you know you know get a shot, fall over dead, not that kind of stuff. But some a portion of people will get the anaphylactic shock, will get blood clots that will go to their lungs and look like pulmonary embolism. Some of them will present with multi-organ failure early on within the first week or so because of rampant autoimmune disease, because of whatever their underlying health condition was or wasn't. But the slow burn that's going to happen in these people that get develop these autoimmune diseases, which can take several years, um, I think her number of 50 million is a little low. Well, Bill Gates mentioned uh, the issue of what, 10 to 10 to 15 percent, something like that. And uh, that would be, I guess, somewhere around with the population growth, it'd be somewhere around a billion to a billion and a half. Somewhere in there was was more like the numbers that that it sounded like to me that what he was presenting. Now, when you say these you know, people, let me, let me address that that number yeah. because you know Rock, you know Rocco Galati, right? He's the the constitutional lawyer out of Canada, and I did right. an interview for him on, on one of my podcasts back. This was in September of last year, and he said something to me I'd never heard before. And he said, you know, the powers that be are anticipating because of transhumanism and because of robotics. They are anticipating that somewhere between three and four billion people, so half of the population on the entire planet, are going to be unemployed, unemployed or unnecessary 
within the next 10 to 15 years. So they got to do something to call the herd and get rid of, uh, you know, a billion or so of those people, maybe two billion, because they can't have two billion worthless eaters sitting around putting a strain on the environment and messing up their green planet and all the stuff they want to do with their their global warming and their green stuff. And they can't have two billion people sitting around trying to form an insurrection to overthrow all the stuff that they're doing to us. So that falls, that was in September of 2020. And so that was falls in line with the number that you just said about getting rid of at least a billion people. And I don't think that that's an exaggeration. Well, I don't think it is either. And now we've got the self-professed fact checkers coming out and say, oh, there was no numbers dished out like that. Well, yes, there were. I mean, we've got Bill Gates on his TED Talk saying it. I mean, he's he's actually saying it. So I don't know how, I guess they want to lie and de- deceive themselves. Um, that's fine if they want to do that for themselves. They need to repent too. But uh, but to put it out to everybody else, I again, I don't know why the fraud's not coming out on this and people being dealt with for presenting fraud, which then is going to lead me in, into my next question that I'm going to ask you in just a moment. But when I had Stephen Hallbrook on, he runs vaccinesinchristianity.org, and he talked about the pagan roots of vaccines. And one of the things that I told him, I said, you know, when I was a kid, uh, you know, I and I'm 52, so that tells you about the time limit of where I got my vaccines and stuff. But I, I remember getting shots when I was young, and then about 12 or something, they give you the booster shot. And when me and my wife got married, we had not gotten into all this yet. We were just coming into some understanding. But, you know, our oldest daughter got uh, vaccines, and then, you know, we moved away from it because we... we we started seeing what was going on. I told him, I said, I don't, I've never had any of this autism. I haven't had some of this stuff. He goes, have you, do you have allergies? And I said, well, yeah, they develop later on in life. And he goes, that's a product of vaccination because he said, where they don't have vaccinations, you really don't see this. Is it, can you confirm that that's true? I absolutely could confirm that that's true. And we know that there's allergic reactions to many of the chemicals. There's more than a hundred different chemicals four known carcinogens um, uh, uh, children that are fully vaccinated from birth to 18 years of age have almost 12,000 micrograms of aluminum injected, over 500 micrograms of mercury injected. Um, it, and, you know, there's, there's neomycin in them. There's like we talked about a few minutes ago about all of these animal parts. I mean, it's just garbage. That's why I call it foreign matter. Tim, what year were you born? 1969. 1969. Okay. So up through 1985. And so this is where like a lot of people, you know, you're, you and I are fairly close in age. And so a lot of people um, say, well, I just don't remember getting that many shots or my kids getting that many shots. What's the big deal? Well, up through 1985, there were only three. There was MMR, which is measles, mumps, and rubella. There was DPT, which is diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. And then there was polio, which had three, three viral strains in the polio shots. So there was only three. There was no big push for getting all the kids, all the shots. The, the school requirements in terms of the exemptions were actually written in all 50 states pretty much back in the turn of the century and, uh, and uh, around the 1900s. And then as some of the later states came on, you know, they just they just adopted what was happening in the lower 50. But those those exemption laws have been around for a long time. And so 
only up through 1985, there were only three shots. It was in 1991, or I'm sorry, 1986, when they passed the the National Vaccine Injury Comp- Childhood Compensation Act, where they gave the pharmaceutical industry the first round of liability protection in 1986, where you could no longer sue them if your child was injured by any of the shots on the childhood vaccination schedule. So they got a free pass. So they said, wow, we, don't, we, 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 we can make dirty, foggy products that, that can harm people and kill people. We have no liability. Hee-haw, the power down. And so in 1991 is when they started the ramp up of the schedule, when they started hepatitis B at birth, the Hib vaccine started at, at two, four, and six months of age. And then they rolled into uh, the chickenpox vaccine in 1995 and four shots of the Prevnar vaccine starting in 2000. And then they added in hepatitis A and rotavirus and chicken and, and uh, Gardasil and all of these things. They just loaded up the schedule. And more and more were targeted towards children not because children were getting sick from hepatitis A or from from HPV that they needed Gardasil, but because if those shots got on the childhood on the childhood schedule, they had complete liability protection, and it didn't matter if it killed them or anything. They nobody could sue them. Well, so and- what the so what the Prep Act does is it puts the 1986 Act on steroids and also covers all the shots given to adults. Mm. And that's why they've been able to roll this forward in the U.S. on a global basis because they have they have even more liability protection. In fact, if you get harmed from one of these shots that we were talking about earlier, J&J, Moderna, or the Pfizer vaccine that are the ones that are approved here in the U.S., if you get seriously harmed or killed, your only possible recourse is to get a bunch of people together who've been seriously harmed or killed or had a family member that was killed and um, go to the sitting U.S. Attorney General and make your case that these companies made these products under willful misconduct, meaning that they made them intentionally to try to harm you, which in the court of law you can't, is, is not provable. So nothing will go forward. There's no injury compensation program. There's nobody you can sue. You can't sue the doctor, the nurse. You can't sue the doctor for being stupid and not reading this information and pushing you to get it anyways. There is no culpability at all. None. Yeah, this that to me, that is totally lawless. It's against the Constitution. You can't write law to undermine the law of the land. You, you just can't do it. And yet they're doing it. They're pushing it through. As far as I'm concerned, it has no teeth. If the people want to go deal with it, and eventually I think the people are going to deal with them, but the sad reality is it's going to be too late. People are going to be losing their lives. They're going to be permanently damaged. And, uh, you know, it's just going to be too late in those in those things if they're not dealt with now. Now, I got, I got to tell you, I, I spoke with uh, your assistant, um, I believe it was yesterday. Michelle. Yeah, Michelle. And um, we were talking, and one of the things she brought up is that you're, you're, I'm understanding you're going to be involved in a lawsuit. And one of your talks that I did an article on, you said the FDA has broken the law in at least two places in some of this stuff. Could you elaborate a little bit on what laws are broken and also what's going on with the lawsuit that you're a part of? Yeah, there, you know, in order to get an emergency use authorization which keep in mind, all your listeners, this is not an FDA-approved drug. Let that sink in for a minute. This is not FDA-approved, meaning it hasn't had proper testing in the short run or in the long run for long-term complications or for side effects. 
It doesn't even have to have a package insert. It just has to have a, a, note, a notification to physicians. It's just kind of like a press release because I read them and they just go for physicians saying, yeah, this is kind of what it is. They can make a, a list of ingredients. They don't have to tell you the, um, they don't have to tell you the uh, milligram amounts. And I don't even think they're legally required. They're re legally required to list all the ingredients, which means they could put in stuff that you don't even know about. So in or, but in order to rush this through to get this emergency, this EUA, this emergency utilization authorization, so that you can push this out into market without any oversight and no liability, there are certain criteria that have to be met. And they, it's, it, they're, it, it's federal rules that they have to, because they're taking a product that's kind of risky, that hasn't had adequate testing, and allowing it to be released and leashed onto the entire population. There's at least two areas where they've clearly broken federal, federal statute or federal rules, which is one of the criteria to get this EUA is that there cannot be any other available product that's already on the market that can, that can treat this infection you're trying to prevent. Well, that's clearly a violation of statute because there's hydroxychloroquine, there's ivermectin, there's IV vitamin C, there's, there's zinc, there's quercetin, having adequate levels of vitamin D. We know if you have vitamin D levels greater than 30, your risk of being in, in, um, uh, admitted into the intensive care unit is less than 4%. I mean, and so they, there are other things available. Also, Tim, I found an article that showed that uh, right after the SARS thing broke loose, there was a company that, that went to their scientists and they said, all you guys that are doing research, I want everything to put on a full stop. I want you to figure out what the, what the mechanism of how this virus gets into people and, and starts to replicate and go out to the medical literature and find, is there anything already available that we could put that, that we could use to keep people from getting sick in less than three, in, in less than three months, they came up with, I believe it was 26 drugs that are on the market in various countries already approved, and several of them here in the U.S. already FDA approved that could block these viral pathways. There isn't a single reason that anybody should have died from ostensibly from this infection. So they broke that rule, number one, that there are many other types of products available to treat this infection. And the second rule that they broke is that the, the shot that they're allowing to come to market has to have fewer side effects, fewer deaths, fewer complications than what the infection does that we're trying to treat. Well, we've got a virus that has a 1% death rate. We've got a shot that's been released onto the general public that in the first 10 weeks of use, VAERS has accumulated more than 1,700 deaths, more than 38,000 reports of adverse events. To, to give people an unapproved, unattested, totally experimental shot to keep them from getting sick by a virus that has a 1% death rate. So clearly the product that they gave emergency use to is much more dangerous and much more damaging than the infection that they're trying to prevent. Yep. So those are the two things they've clearly broken law. The third, and so that's, that's a separate uh, lawsuit that um, there's a couple people working on that, that I'm just probably going to give that information that I just gave and some additional stuff that you dig down on. Now I'm involved with a lawsuit here in Ohio that the lead attorney on that is Tom Rents. And if you haven't had him on your show, you really should. I, I've He's got, I've got Michelle seeing if she can bring him on. 
Yeah, he's amazing. And we've done just amazing things here in the state of Ohio. In fact, um, he, we've, we've sued the governor personally. We're suing to eliminate this whole concept of there's no longer an emergency anywhere in the country. We've got various states that are also coming on board and filing our lawsuit, our paperwork in their states with some, some mod- minor modification that goes along with their state laws to say you can't, you governors cannot force masks, force social distancing, shut down businesses, tell people to be in their house by 10 o'clock at night. There is no emergency. And yesterday, just yesterday, um, you know, the, the, our Senate, our Senate and our House of Representatives here in the state of Ohio, over, uh, we, they tried to limit the governor's uh, a power of being able to be abusive and issue all of these executive orders. This was a few months ago. They passed the, they passed the, the piece of legislation Governor DeWine vetoed it, turned it down. Well, just yesterday, they overrode his veto. Amen. And a a lot of it has to do with our lawsuit and what Tom's been doing and Pam Popper's doing and Dr. Eric Naputi and me. We've been the the core people pushing this forward. So, So now our little tyrannical governor, DeWine, no longer has free reign to put to persecute and shut down things in the state of Ohio. And I'm, we're hoping that that's going to follow suit in, in states across the country. Amen. I, you know what? I'm happy to hear that. That's what we like to hear at the Sons of Liberty, that the people are standing up and they're doing what they need to do there. A lot of people don't know what to do. They're just, they're maybe like me. I just resist it. If somebody tells me you got to wear a mask, I don't wear a mask. I, I just don't wear it. Uh, if you got, you know, I don't, and I don't know what you think about the, what's coming with possible mandatory vaccines, because I tell you, I I see them ramping it up. Joe Biden's already put it. I think Donald Trump alluded to it last year in a Fox interview. And I said, I think he alluded to it. Now we got Joe Biden saying, we're going to have vaccines for everybody by May the 1st. And I can't believe they put all this time and money and effort and propaganda into it not to push mandatory vaccines. You were speaking about the ones that I got like when I was a kid, probably maybe you, I don't know. Not uh, me. Okay. Well, <laughs> not me. <laughs> the, the, the things that were out when, when I was a kid and, you know, now they're pushing this. And one of the ventures that they do it on is in something the federal government has no authority under the 10th Amendment to, to be involved in anyway is education. And they say, we can't go to school unless you get your vaccines. And so I see them going to be using that. They're going to use the children. You know, it's for the children. It's for your health. This is the same government that uh, murders the unborn in the womb and approves of it, telling you they care about your health so much that you need to have your kids get this experimental injection uh, operating system shoved into their bodies and I hope we can encourage parents to to stand up before that happens. But uh, but there's so many that that aren't hearing the message. We're being censored. I'm sure interviews you've done have been censored all over the place, just like our radio show has. But when you're bringing forth some resolve here, I think that's what the people want to see. They want to see how are you doing it. Can I do that in my state? Because I think the power is in the people. I don't think it's in D.C. I think D.C. should be dissolved. It's gone too far. Uh, but I do think the power is with the people and in their in their states. What are some things that uh, how how did that ball get started rolling in Ohio? Uh, gosh, it was um, you, you. When Tom comes on and tells you his story, it's pretty interesting because 
you know, I was just at a dinner meeting with him on, on Monday night and listened to him say, he said, you know, I'm just a lawyer from rural Ohio. I knew nothing about health freedom. He said, well, what do you mean? There's no health freedom and no restrictions. And it started with uh, when they started doing all of these shutdowns. I mean, just in brief and his story, him telling the story is much better than me, but it started with a woman who had stage four cancer who needed to travel outside of the state to go see her doctor and they weren't, and the governor wouldn't let her leave the state. And it was at that point when he said, no, wait a minute, this can't possibly be. And from there, he kind of took a, a very fast <laughs> deep dive down the rabbit hole and found out all of these things that we've been talking about. He said, you know, I was, he said, I, he has two sons. He said, my sons were, were vaccinated. He said, I had no idea. I think his kids are maybe seven and 10. And he said, I had no idea. In fact, I thought all those anti-vaccine people were just crazy. He said, now when I know the truth, he said, it's the pro-vaccine people that are crazy. And yep. so we started, we just started it and, and they, he and Pam Popper worked on, and a couple of other people worked on looking at a lot of the lawsuits that had already been filed and the, and they had all hit his opinion had all been filed inappropriately because they were all standing on constitutional rights and on constant state constitutions for which the powers that be could say, well, this is an emergency. Um, you have no rights, you know, now under these emergency statutes, we can do whatever we want. And so that's when we decided to file our lawsuit from a perspective of, well, then let's make sure that let's go, let's attack this emergency, define emergency, define it by your state statute. What is your governor or your county officials, county commissioners, what are they allowed to do? And how long does a, an emergency is an emergency by your state constitution and by the federal constitution? How long is an emergency supposed to last? Well, I think the longest one that we found in any of the states was like 90 days. And so all of this stuff just under this ruse, this absolute ruse that we've got, you know, all of these deaths and you know, we keep reporting cases, 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 cases mean nothing. It means right. that you've been exposed to the virus somewhere along the line. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you're sick. That's right. And it's the first time in history that we, that healthy people have to prove they're not sick yeah. by a fraudulent test that yep. gives inaccurate information and has nothing to do with, with medicine, science, or reality. I agree. So I we agree. have a case-demic. We don't have a pandemic. Yep. Dr. Timpenny, uh, I don't know if you, you're in a tight schedule. I don't know if you can hold over or if you got to go right on time. No, I got a few minutes. We okay. can stay. All right. I got to close out the show here for the radio audience, and then you guys can pick us up on our platforms. But what I want to do was give you a chance. You got about uh, 50 seconds or so. Tell people about the sites where they can find out more about you. Well, we have a lot of internet properties because there's a lot of moving parts in the educational programs and things that we do, but it's all been consolidated in one place. And you just need to go to drtenpenny.com, D-R, no period, tenpenny.com, T-E-N-P-E-N-N-Y, just like it sounds. And they, from there, you can find, uh, like you got up in your screen there about me. You can find more about me and my background. You can find my podcast, which is the Tenpenny Files. You can find our website, vaxter.com. You can find all the different social media links that we do. You can find our store. You can find, please join us. You can find the, the please join our list link. Link, which I hope if you spend some time going to drtenpenny.com, you'll certainly join our list. Because as you know, um, we're all living on borrowed time on these social media platforms. And so email lists is, is what we is how we need to stay in contact with you once um, once the stuff goes away. Amen. Amen. Dr. Tenpenny is going to join us for a couple more minutes. Uh, we'll try not to hold you over too long. Guys, 
Hope you check out everything here. Learn, stay away from it. Trust the Lord. Psalm 91. He will protect you even from the pestilence. 23. See ya. Okay, Dr. Tenpenny, I appreciate you staying over just a little bit. You didn't get to, to mention this one, coursesformastery.com. Do you want to hit on that right quick, and then we'll kind of get ready to close out the show? Um, no, I don't think so. I think okay. we'd rather just, just because, because they can find all of that on my website. Okay. So they can go, because the Courses for Mastery is about our boot camp. It's about Vaccine U, which, by the way, we just got kicked off our platform. And that we've been using for five years to house all of our um, all of our courses, and we've been scrambling for the last five days to rebuild from scratch. And and actually, you know what, Tim? It's like sometimes you know there's always blessings in disguise, right? Yep. You know when this all happened, and Cartra said, "Oh, you t- you talk about anti-vaccine stuff. We can't. You violated our terms of service." Well, let me tell you something, Cartra. Have you ever been sued for like uh, uh, kicking somebody off a paid platform? I mean, I think that, uh, you know, doing these things on, you know, free platforms like Facebook and Twitter and all these other places, you know, that's one thing. But this is a paid platform that you, you, you never even spoke to us. There's no valid telephone number to even talk to people that we can say what we're doing is we're educating people and blah, 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 and tell our side of the story. Nothing. Well, they're going to be hearing from us. And so we, but we've rebuilt it. It was a blessing in disguise. We've rebuilt it over on WordPress. Matt's been scrambling. It's more user-friendly. It's beautiful. It's going to be great. Amen. So it's a blessing in disguise. It's just the, you know, like a lot of, you know, when you make, take lemons and make lemonade, the lemons often come at the worst possible time. <laughs> well, we've had, we've had that as well. And we've seen the benefit. We've been kicked off of Vimeo. We've been kicked off of YouTube. And, and primarily it's because I've been bringing on people like yourself, Dr. Carrie Madey, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, Kate. Uh, I mean, they're they're just wanting to kick. I'm surprised we're not completely kicked off Facebook, even though all of us are in Facebook jail. Um, you know, and I've been in it for 30 days. And while I was in it for 30 days, they were going back and going ahead and hitting me for other stuff for stuff that was up months ago or years ago or that's I mean, their new trick. Yeah, it, and they have no, they have. There's no recourse, it seems. But our attorney has told us. He says, no. There's a lot of people actually winning with Facebook. They just have to file the lawsuit, and you put the, you put the, uh, you know, you you really put them put their nose to the grindstone, if you will, and they end up settling with the people. There, he told us there's been plenty of people to do that. So I'm hoping that we can do that. And even though it's a, that's a free platform, you are giving something. They're taking your data, and then they're they're advertising to you on that data. So you are you are paying something to even these free platforms uh, that they were part of. Now let me ask you oh, this: Oh yeah, and then if you do like advertising with them, yep. you're paying. You're a paying lot. money. Yep. Well, <laughs> yeah, and and we've done that part too. Now let me ask you this, and we'll close out the show because I know your time's precious because you got six or seven interviews you got to probably do today. What is the biggest thing? I mean, you've you've given some stuff, and the people who listen to Sons of Liberty, some of the stuff you've said is just a confirmation. You know, the Bible talks about two or three witnesses confirm the matter. Old and New Testament, they confirm these things. There are crimes being committed against people. That's why there's a lawsuit, I, I think, that's, that's involved in, in different things. What is probably the biggest shocking thing that you've discovered coming out of these new vaccines? What is probably the most shocking thing that you could say to somebody who might still be skeptical and say, you know what, how could, because I hear people say, I've, I've heard people say it, we have to trust our government. So they're not out to, to do what the Nazis did and this, that, and the other. Oh, yeah, they what are. Would, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> but what would be something that you could probably bring in that would be a bombshell for most people who would still be skeptical at this point? 
Well, if some of the things that we've already talked about weren't big enough, like you can't sue them, it's experimental, yep. you are the experiment, there's no long-term, uh, pro- there's no long-term studies on this. I, I suppose the, maybe the two biggest things I would say, number one, there's been no studies on sterility. So if you want to have babies in the future, you may not be able to have them after this shot. The second thing I think is really maybe the most maybe the most disturbing to some of the people who are listening to this, that maybe they've already gotten one of the shots and maybe they didn't know about the information that we just put out today, Tim, they go, Oh gosh, what do I do? How can I, do I have to get the second one? No, you don't. You don't. That second shot was just something they just made up, totally just made it up because in the other childhood shots that are completely different, don't function by anywhere close to the same mechanism. You know, you get your kids get a series of three, usually get one to prime them, the second one to, to lock it in and the third one to give them a big antibody boost. So with these, they say, well, we'll just do two. No science, no studies. They just, yeah, we'll just do two. So number one, you don't have to get the second one. But the most disturbing thing to answer your question is, and I get these, I get texts and emails and messages all day long. And my office gets hundreds of calls about this. And they say, I really made a mistake. Now what can I do to get this out of my body? How can I detox myself from this? How can I, how can I undo this? I I don't want to get seriously sick in the future. And now that I know what I know, I made a really big mistake. How do I get it out of my body? You can't. You can't. You're going to have to live with and suffer the consequences of your decisions and your faith and belief in the religion of government and, and standing on getting a shot to, us, to, to calm your fear instead of turning to the Lord and who always who says, you know, 300, more than 300 times in the Bible, mm. fear not. Amen. I am with you. Do not fear. Be still and know. Fear, I fear not. And so to assuage your fear you turn to the pharmacia, you learn, you trusted a government that's not here to protect you. And now you're going to sadly, very sadly, suffer the consequences of those decisions. And you're going to have, because that's the way it is. Now, if something comes along in the future, Tim, where we can figure out a way to ferret this stuff out of your DNA, deprogram your B cells to get that, those um, spike proteins out of your body that are probably going to be there forever. If there's something that comes up, whether it's an energy tool or homeopathy or some sort of a detox, something, I'll be the first one calling up all my media contacts saying, Hey, you got to get me on today. We found a solution for these people. But right now there's nothing, nothing. Okay. Once you vaccinate with any one of these shots, you cannot unvaccinate. Yeah, and that's a very serious that's a very serious thing uh, that people should pay attention to. I, I told a young man who had gotten the first one. I said he he told me he was deathly sick. I said, dude, he he looked like he was probably younger than me. I said, you don't need to take that other one. Just stay away from it. Uh, but you you also have some advice for those who have. And I've heard you give it. There's a couple of things they can do to kind of slow down things or kind of ease things a little bit. And you made mention of those three or four things. Do you want to do you want to hit on those from the shot? Yeah. Didn't you say there was there was some things that would slow down what would what would take place if they had already had the shots? Mm-mm. Okay. All right. I no. I, I mentioned a few things of what you can do for your immune system health. Okay. Instead of getting the shot, if that's what you're referring to. Okay. And no, I, I think I had a I had an interview and I'd have to pull it up again, but I thought you said 
if you had it, there's nothing you can do to detox or any of that other. But there were things like um, that could maybe not make the effects as bad. I don't I don't remember the exact terminology, but I do have it on a video I, where you were making I, mention of that. I think maybe what you're talking about is that, remember I, I mentioned in our the first part of our interview that there's 28 different tissues and organ types that can be attacked by this antibody. And one of the organs in your body that is most attacked, that, that has was the highest on the graph, was your mitochondria. And your mitochondria are the little organs inside of your the little tiny organelles inside of your organs that produce your ATP. They're your little energy factories. So when you get, when they get attacked by this antibody, it's my opinion, it's my personal and professional opinion that one of the primary side effects that people have from these shots and also from if they get a really bad case of, of the coronavirus infection itself is this profound fatigue. And I think that one of the things you need to do is to think about what types of supplements and what types of things you can do to help to feed your mitochondria to lessen the effect of that antibody on your mitochondria. And one of them is high doses of coenzyme Q10, like high doses meaning 200 to 300 milligrams a day or more. You can't take too much of it um, to help you because coenzyme Q10 is food for your mitochondria. The other would be make sure your vitamin D level is at least 80, at least 80, and to take vitamin C ascorbates, not vitamin C ascorbic acid, but vitamin C ascorbates that comes as a powder, and you can order it through our store and our website if you like, which is, uh, so you can go to drtenpenny.com and look at the store, you can order it there, or from whoever your, your other carriers are, and it comes as a powder. It's usually somewhere around one or 2,000 milligrams per quarter teaspoon. And you can just do it based on the, on the side of the bottle and the dose. And we recommend people to saturate your body with vitamin C. And you do that through a process called by taking vitamin C to bowel tolerance. Now, there are a lot of recipes out on the internet that you can find that I'm not going to go through every, all the steps of what that is because there's a lot of recipes. But just the point is that you take this additional vitamin C ascorbate, not vitamin C ascorbic acid, every two to three hours until you start to get a little bit of diarrhea or your bowels get kind of loosey-goosey. And at that point, you back down the dose. And those recipes, all those things are out there available on the internet. Because once you get to that point, your body doesn't need, is completely saturated with the vitamin C. Now, vitamin C helps to stimulate your white blood cells. It's your body's primary antioxidant. I think that may be able to do some things to slow down these autoimmune reactions, but it's not going to stop it. But it can certainly help your body just be those three things, plus add in some zinc, and people say, what kind of zinc? Well, any kind of zinc is okay, except zinc oxide. Don't take zinc oxide because that's usually the one you put the white on your nose when you go to the pool in the summer. <laughs> that's zinc oxide, and, and it doesn't get absorbed very well when you take it as a pill. And so any other kind of zinc is okay. Follow the instructions on the side of the bottle in terms of dosage. And so zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, and if you're having that profound uh, um, fatigue, I would say CoQ10 and maybe some omega-3 fish oils to feed your, your, your uh, mitochondria and to try to get them healthy again. Okay. I think that's the things that, uh, that you were talking about. Now, we'll close out the show because, again, I don't want to keep you too long. But I, I do want to end the show with this. You know, Dr. Tenpenny, you mentioned the religion of the state. And we talk about that a lot. You're either going to trust God or you're going to trust the state. And I want to close with this because I always want to close with something that is, that is a, a positive thing because I believe 
I don't believe in gloom and doom. Uh, I don't. I don't look for last days madness and stuff like that. I believe Jesus is on the throne. First Corinthians fifteen says he's subduing all of his enemies under his feet, and he does that either through the gospel or through judgment, one or the other. And the Bible tells us this: He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Guys, if you want if you want to be safe, as the word is, hide yourself in the shadow of the most high. Absolutely. Hide yourself in the shadow of the most high. He's instructed you, obey him. And he promises that he's going to be the one to protect you. And this is the message of the Sons of Liberty is always to point us back to the Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave us life, and not only gave us life, but gave his life that he might save us from sin, that he might redeem us back into God. You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Thank you, Dr. Tim Penny. We appreciate you very much. See you.